Well, here we are at Pismo Beach and all the clams we can eat. Hey, all gang, what's going on? Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. You know what? There have been a lot of statues, proverbial ones, of course, falling on this podcast. We had Blade. We've had The Godfather. We've had Annie Hall. A lot of films facing scrutiny. Now this week, we have Abby Barr making her first appearance because she wants to go after probably the biggest, most beloved comedy in the last 20 years, old school. That's right. Fraternity life, not for her. Dick and fart jokes, not for her. Vince Vaughn, not for her. Who did I enlist to help me out figure out if Abby's argument is worse than pledging the music fraternity? Why, Bill Schultz, that little rapscallion. Bill's going to kick back, help me make heads or tails, smoke a cigarette or two, drink a Guinness. You know his drill. And that's that. Why wait any longer? Let's see if Abby Barr's got the goods to take down old school. Gather around, here's what I know. Three, two, one. I'll be back. Only in a rerun. Special guest, Bill Schultz. Buddy. Can you name that film? Uh wait, it was you just said I'll be back. I missed the second part. Only in a rerun. Only in okay. All right. Uh running man. Oh, the slide is over. Boy, these guest hosts have been dog terribly awful. The rerun part helped. I, I thought it would. I thought it yes. would. Kevin Goatee, Bill Schultz, Abby Barr joins us tonight. Good evening, Abby. How are you this fine uh, this fine uh, afternoon, evening, I should say? What's up? Uh, it's very, very rainy here in New York City, so my uh, has been whining at me all day, which has been so much fun, but I'm really happy to be with you guys and excited to chat old school. It's stuck in there. Oh, someone just let the cat out of the bag. Abby has decided to talk about a film that is just near and dear to a ton of bros' hearts. That 2003 film, none other than Shaving Ryan's Privates. No, old school. Old school. A budget at the time of $24 million. Box office gross of $86 million. Turned that into 2023 money. $40 million budget, $143.5 million haul. Wow. wow. Not, not as big as I expected. I thought it just was a tidal wave, the way yeah. people crushed this. So little surprise it's not as big. I thought it'd be somewhere in the $150, $200 million range. So a little shocking. IMDb, folks, 1 through 10. With decimal points, Abby, what do you think Old School got on the old IMDb? Mm, 7.4. 7.4. Bill Schultz. I'll do my usual cheap move move of going one up by eight. Seven flat. Ooh. Ah! I never get those. Your nefarious attempt has backfired upon thee. It never works. Ah! 
Rotten Tomatoes, 1 through 100. Critics score. We're going to Bill Schultz first, so we can't pull the old $1 move on Abby this time. (laughs) 80%. Abby, what do you think the critics gave old school on the Rotten Tomatoes? 63. 60. Really? Critics not. Critics critics barely over the Mendoza line of being liked. Audience score. Abby, you're first this time. Audience score, Rotten Tomatoes, please. Mm -hmm. 81. Bill Schultz. Uh, 90. 86. 86. Oh, wow. We both kind of got it right down the line there. (laughs) Quotes. I recommend you stop being a faggot. You're in the back seat. Yep. Just can't reboot this film already. 15 <laughs> seconds. What in a when coming back. <laughs> yeah. Next one. I'm here for the gangbang. I have a shirt that reads that. You have, Phillips. Yeah. You yeah. have you have one vagina for the rest of your life. Unless, of course, you're a Mormon, then you have five. But the trade-off is you cannot have a beer above five percent alcohol by volume. That's the trade-off. I think you added to that one. I did. <laughs> Snoopaloop, it's cool. Hey, your friend could bring his green hat. <laughs> there is a weird Snoop Dogg cameo in that movie. And a Warren G from the old Nate Dogg and Warren G 1993 duo. Next one, the obvious one, just say earmuffs. And I'll let that. Oh, sure. The next that, one. That, you, yeah, oh, sorry. The next one. I say, I say ear, earmuffs is still so prevalent within our world. I say earmuffs to Joe every day whenever <laughs> I'm going to something a little risque. Uh, it, it works for everything. It does. Next one. You tell anyone and I'll fucking kill you. Just kidding. We'll have him home by dinner. <laughs> that was a great one. And the last one, which everyone goes, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. <laughs> Our guest, Abby Barr, what quotes have jumped out at you in this film? Uh, I mean, I so when I uh, was first thinking about this movie, um, I re-encountered it on a plane and I was like, perfect, 90 minutes plane movie. This is like the best, you know, like a 90 minute comedy is exactly what you're feeling on a plane when you're like struggling, like getting all the way from New York to L.A. And you're just like have no idea how many hours are left. And the thing that I remembered most from hearing about this movie in middle school was kids like reenacting when they sing Total Eclipse of the Heart, but like say fuck oh, yeah. a lot. Yep. And I was like, oh, it's that movie. Like that that was really the only thing that I had kind of heard before um, I watched this on a plane and spoiler alert, turn it off after 30 minutes and then went back into it uh, for for this for this episode. So, Yeah. Any other quotes or is that all for you that jumped out? No, that, I mean, yeah, like watching it back. Yeah. Uh, no, no if you I don't have it. It's okay. If it's okay, you yeah, don't have yeah, it. It's fine. I didn't feel like I had any like, like iconic quotes. I think I was expecting more. And then I was just sort of like, oh, there was nothing that I wanted to like quote with my little middle school boy bro friends or whatever on the basketball court. Like that wasn't wasn't how I was feeling. But yeah, it was uh no quotes. I would have understood half the references as a middle school kid, uh, I believe. I was yeah. very, I was a late bloomer. Late, late bloomer. Uh, <laughs> he's you got blo- a lot of mine. He's, he's still blooming, kids. <laughs> That's the only nice thing you've ever said to me. Uh, <laughs> you, got good, good, uh, you got some good ones. Uh, I always liked 
Legally speaking, there will be a loose affiliation, but we will give nothing back to the academic community, as well as provide no public service of any kind. That much I promise you. Uh, which sort of is the entire ethos of the frat right there. Um, what else? Oh, he left me with a little something called herpes, which I proceeded to give the dog, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and uh, and then finally, uh, Columbus wasn't exactly looking for America, but that worked out okay. That's all I got. I Excellent. <laughs> it was one of, one of Vince Vaughn's many pep talks. Yeah. Five fun Facts. Believe it or not, Armstrong had written the role of Bernard with Vince Vaughn and Vince Vaughn in mind, but the studio did not want him. After breakout success in Swingers, Vaughn had taken roles in dramas like the 1998 Psycho remake, which was terrible. So shot for shot. So shot for shot, exactly. Which yeah. Gus Van Zandt, that's yeah. a weird choice Gus Van Zandt made. So when Todd Phillips wanted me for old school, says Vaughn, the studio didn't want me, he told Variety in 2015. Quote, they didn't think I could do comedy. Well, Vince Vaughn, anything after 2004, they were right. Oh. Hey, there was a, there was a couple of gems in there. I also think that uh, Starsky and Hutch is horribly underrated. Never I think saw it's very funny. Oh, Never it's very good. It. Is it the wedding singer? Sorry, the wedding crashers. Insanely overrated. Just rewatched it. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. That's really that. movie. yeah it's it's I a two-hour comedy that loses the comedy about forty-five minutes in and focuses on plot. Wow. Fun two. fact: they used the uh, same church for the main wedding scene as they did for Frank's wedding in old school. Fun, fun fact. Movie. Fun, fun fact number two: in the film, Frank gets married at the Westminster Presbyterian Church in Pasadena, California. Vaughn and Owen Wilson were in that same church two years later for Wedding Crash of 2005. If there's anyone who knows how to screw up a point, it's Bill Schultz, kids. <laughs> he is my per, he is my proverbial Bengal tiger or tiger Bengal trap, or the hell that's called. Thank you, sir. I will for doing <laughs> number three armstrong had written old school dose in 2006 which saw the frat fraternity no one says frat going to spring break <laughs> farrell said that he and vaughn had read the script but felt like this would just be a quote kind of doing the same thing over again wilson on the other hand was excited over the new script that's really yeah, hard I mean, like i i literally can't name a movie that Luke Wilson has done since old school, so I'm sure he would be excited to be in any. My movie. super ex girlfriend. What? Uh, How yeah. dare you? Just kidding. <laughs> what are you kidding me? <laughs> Armstrong. Sorry, that was number three. Four. Todd Phillips really wanted Snoop Dogg to make a cameo in old school, but the iconic rapper was re reluctant. Phillips knew that Snoop Dogg was dying to play Huggy Bear in the then upcoming adaptation of Starsky and Hutch. So he used the part to bribe him into appearing in old school. That's great. That's how Hollywood should work right there. I Listen, love the handedness of it all. You know, as right. opposed and to the other. Before Snoop Dogg became camp. And now he's like the campiest, like best friend of Martha Stewart and like has his right. own big lighter line. So, I mean, it's funny just to hear that now. Yeah. Remember when, totally. Snoop, remember when Snoop Dogg was a crip and was in gangs? Now he's exactly like as you said making souffles with uh, Martha Stewart. Yeah. Souffles was a case that they gave him. Oh, well done. Yeah. With the timely reference. Love it. Frank's number five. Frank's streaking scene was shot on a city street. As Will Ferrell remembered it, one of the storefronts was a 24-hour gym with Stairmasters and treadmills in the window. 
I was rehearsing in a robe and all these people in the gym were watching me. I asked one of the PAs, shouldn't we tell them I'm going to be naked? Sure enough, I dropped my robe and there were shrieks of pure horror. After the first take, nobody was at the window anymore. I took that as a sign of approval. Or maybe motivation to like keep get going in the gym, you know, like. Damn, Abby Barr body shaming in the first five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> I'm team team Abby on this one. You know, Will Ferrell is a, and I'm not joking, a regular marathon runner, which is, I mean, God bless him. That body has made millions and I've enjoyed every inch of it, but still a marathon runner. It's just, he's quite a great athlete. I remember that baseball a couple of years ago. Like, yeah, but, and semi-pro, another gem. Terrible thing. Turn that right off, semi-pro. Watch it again. It's (laughs) tried. It gets better every time you see it. Rare comedy. I, right. uh, I don't I, know the, the good last 15 minutes of old school, which were the only good 15 minutes of the movie where it was when they had uh, to prove themselves by doing all of these athletic things. And I was very sh- surprised at all of the bending that Will Ferrell was able to do. So good job. I guess. He was a swimmer for USC. If you do not know that back in the day. Oh. So let's get the let's get the crowd in on the fun. They've got questions. Abby, I think you've got some answers in. Ask a gutter at Rex Crumb, assuming you went to college and had fun. What is the best beer to use in a Frank the Tank style beer bong? I have an answer easily. Abby, you're going to go first. Yeah, it's it's a thousand percent PBR because it goes down like nothing. So you could just keep. So does Abby Barr. Hey, oh, no, just kidding. PBR was before our time because PBR had the resurgence. I guess the kid from Bumblebee Tuna bought it or Mark did something with it and it it made the research after 2000. I have my answer. It is a, you're going to laugh. The only reason you may know the name of it is because of National Poon's Christmas Vacation, that beer, Meisterbrow. Meisterbrow. You're both wrong. You got to go light. And the more pissy, light. It is a pit. Daddy light or coarse light because that it it, it impedes or you're less likely to vomit or have a miscalculation with the light of the beer. You're not there for the taste. You're not, no, you're not there for flavor. No, 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 no. It is not, it's not the champagne of beers. Bill, the reason Meisterbrow, it, is eight, it was $8 for a case of beer, hence why it was Meisterbrow. Well, Natty Mike's probably cheaper. I guarantee you. Well, we like German beer and a little bit of quality in the Phi Capital fraternity, so thank you very much. Next question. Uh, at Brandon Oglesby, what is your favorite Will Ferrell film? There are four parts to this Ooh. question. I'll ask you in parts. Favorite Will Ferrell film? Go. Oh, I'll let Abby go first because it's like having me pick my one of my many illegitimate children. Well, thank you for letting oh. Abby go first because I told her to go first. Bill Schultz. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Wait. Sorry. Deplorable cad. <laughs> As both a hater and a Jew, um, I will say that I hate Elf, uh, which I could just go on about that. But my favorite, I think, is Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory was so much Great. fun. And I loved seeing the then married Amy Poehler and Will Arnett as like weird incestuous siblings. That was that was so much fun. The the, the choice of them to do JFK um, and, and uh, Jackie O for their final thing was just awesome. yeah. perfect. I had not not seen not, not seen Blaze of Glory. How about you, Bill Schultz? What is your Will Ferrell film? Um, I'm, you know, I've already mentioned it and I should have worn my jersey, come to think of it. Maybe if uh, there's time, I'll run in there and throw it on. But I'm going to go semi-pro just for the fact that it is, I believe, horrifically overrated. It's one of those rare comedies that the first time you, saw, you see it, you're like, 
eh, it's serviceable. Second time, you're like, oh, I missed that. Third time, you realize it's genius. It, it's one of the few comedies that bears repeat viewing. Will Ferrell has not made a funnier film and has not made a film that was funny after Anchorman. Thank you. That will be all. I will say something else controversial. Anchorman 2, upon a second viewing, is as good, if not better, than the original. Anchorman 2, a, a war Anchorman 2 is a sex crime, a hate crime, and a war crime that should be tried at the Hague. Breaking my breaking my cardinal scene, my cardinal uh, sequel rule. A, you cannot have an R-rated go to a PG-13 rated film. Bad. Secondly, you cannot have it more than 10 years after the original, thus, and it fails both ends gloriously because, oh, yeah, it stunk. Next question from Brandon. Wow, there's a lot. What's your opinion of the blowjob class in old school, Abby? First off to you. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a little bit weird that, you know, women were just like, oh, let's take a class. And then one of them rightly said, why doesn't my husband get to take a class for me? And they're like, oh, whatever. And then they have this strange man come to their house and teach them about vegetables. Uh, I, I thought the whole thing was a little, a little, just very 2003. This whole movie was just very, very of its time. And as you said, we can't really reboot this guy. Bill Schultz, so right. how about the take? You're so right about this, the part about it being of its era, because I specifically remember at the same time Old School came out, that was around the time that Real Sex on HBO was on, and there was at least four episodes about various types of blowjob class. <laughs> and they just took it and put it in the movie. Yeah. Bill Schultz, how was his technique? Would you grade his, how would you grade his technique? Uh, I'd have to be there live, but uh, God, I'm having a brain fart. He's on the Ben Stiller show. He's kind of a sexual predator now. Andy uh, Dick. Andy Dick. Thank you. How could you forget a name, Andy Dick? <laughs> Fun Andy Dick fact that I randomly read yesterday. He Ben Stiller wanted him to play uh, Mustafa, whatever the hell his name was, in, in Zoolander, when he was having one of his drug issues, was in and out of rehab, probably biting people, and he gave it to Will Ferrell. Wow. Now that's some craziness right there. That is craziness. Can you, but you can see how that role was kind of written for Andy Dick, looking back. Who would you cast in an all-female remake of Old School? Uh, they should do an all-female remake of Old School. I hate no. Ghostbusters. No, they but should. That's a great idea. So, like, like, oh, I think disenfranchised, angry at it all, middle-aged women wanting to start their own sorority. That's a great idea. It was That's called, really they, they already did it. And by they, I mean the Wayans Brothers in a film called White Chicks. Okay. Abby, who do you, yeah. Abby, who do you, I haven't either. I'm kidding. Abby, who do you want to see in the female reboot? Uh, That's a really good idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what age those guys are supposed to be because they look super old, but I early think they're 30s, early 30s. They said early 30s. Okay. So, like, I would maybe do like three of the current fun ladies on SNL, like, Ego and like maybe Sarah Sherman and um, what's oh my god now I'm the one having like Chloe Fineman like sure the three of them that would that would be fun if you have good characters it could be more of like a breakout role for them versus like I don't I just I'm 30 and I don't really think that there are any like actors around my age who have like had their iconic moment necessary a comedic moment where like I would say put them in a movie but you're yeah. exactly, and that's the reason, and that's, and that's the reason why, and that's the reason why, and that's the reason why already comedies have died. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about Timothy Chalamet? Could he be in a reboot? <laughs> sure. I mean, he yeah. could. He could be what Ellen Pompeo's character, and he would just be like, "Hi, um, I don't know how to read these legal documents." Like, 
Yeah, that, that was ridiculous. I'm telling you, man, I'm, if you've got Sherman in this thing, I'm watching the hell out of it. I think this is a great idea. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know exactly where Timothy shall make a play. He could be the cigarette that Vince Vaughn smokes while he's on the rings in the end. <laughs> Thank you. Got jokes on the fly for you, folks. Next question. Does the viewer's age and timing of the release date impact someone's love of a comedy? That, of course, from our buddy Lord Snurts. Yeah, 100%. If you were watching this with, like, your, like, fellow bros on VHS at your friend's house, like, in the basement, I think if you're sitting around with, like, a bunch of people, it's super funny. could be super funny. For me, both times I was either alone on a plane or I was, you know, hunched over my laptop on Paramount Plus and I did not laugh once watching this movie. But you know, I felt a lot of things and, and this I was just sort of like, sure, I don't know. I mean, I guess if there were like a bunch of little friends around me like repeating things that like Vince Vaughn was saying or whatever, I might have like been prone to laugh a little more, but just watching it, like if I was reading the script, I don't think I would I would laugh out loud necessarily. Yeah. Bill Schultz says, thank God you're not an exec for Paramount then. <laughs> Next question. Joe loves Cam. What would you do if you came home to find your partner in a threesome? I'd be like, oh, in this, in the, in the Luke, uh, in the Luke situation, he, he actually came home and his wife was like, I told you about this before. Like, and he's like, oh, I just thought you were kidding. So I don't know if that was something that, you know, my husband was into and he said that and I'd be like, cool, here you are exercising, you know, your kink and I'm not going to be, and it's not even a kink and I'm not going to be worried about it. I don't know. I, I hopefully, but that's a 2020 mindset. Yeah, it's different. Bill, what would you do if you came home and had a partner? <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. At that. <laughs> I had to. I had to throw that one there. That was just too. The roommate. Yeah, the roommate. I believe that's going to close. Ask a gutter. Let me do the old scroll through here. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, nope. That's not it. That's for our next film. Nope. That's going to close. Ask a gutter. Thank you so much for asking all these questions, fans. Lord Snurt's predictions, I have them locked and loaded, so I know what you guys are going to try. He's going to guess what your scores are later on. I will not tell you to not persuade you. And Abby, as a fun fact, did you know no one listens to the end of the podcast? That is why we do our plugs in the beginning. Abby Barr, what are you up to? Where can we find you? Um, so I can be found on Twitter. I'm not calling it X because I've been on the platform since 2009 and I refuse to recognize anything Elon Musk has ever done. Uh, so I'm on all socials at one Abbey road. Um, I have a very adorable Cavapoo puppy who you should follow on Instagram at Muppet takes Manhattan. His name is Muppet. <laughs> uh, other than that. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, those are the best places to find me and our doc. I saw Muppet Takes Manhattan in the theater as a, uh, what did that come out? 85, 80, 85, Bill? Right around then? Yeah, it's the godfather, too, of Muppet movies. I, I would like <laughs> it. Uh, I loved it. Well, who doesn't? Remember when you're a kid and that bike scene? You're like, how the hell did they do that? Yeah. <laughs> the moments. Yeah, Rainbow the wedding is so oh, good. Yeah, 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 it's just it's such a good movie. Rainbow Great. Connection Rainbow Connection still gets me. Oh, oh my God. One of the better songs. Sure. In, in any soundtrack, yeah. No argument. Bill Schultz. Wait, wait. I, oh, Moving Right Along is such yes. a toad Fun film, fun yeah. film, fun, fun song, right. sorry. Yeah. That is that is not a tool tune. That is, I have the windows down. 
blasting that. And of course, the song after that, Manamana. Bill Schultz, besides the morning show, which you can catch me on in a few weeks, which is a lovable little romp between the more talented Joanne Nosichinsky and the lesser talented Bill Schultz sitting in front of me. What else is going on your in your life? Ugh, I guess I got a couple of stuff coming up for entrepreneur where you can get all your fine entrepreneur.com needs. Uh, and yes, thank you for reminding me to, of course, plug morning with uh, formerly Joanne Nosachinsky, a mouthful. Now yes. she sounds like a lifetime movie uh, star. Is, her name's Joanne Goodhart. Uh, thanks to her marriage. Joanne's got a horrific sense of humor. And the only time I say earmuffs to her is on the rare chance I talk about a personal sex story which I just wanted to say because I want Kevin to know that I've had sex. <laughs> I want sign affidavits post-haste. Thank you. You can, of course, <laughs> check out <laughs> I know guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to say hi or to advertise with us. And God damn it, we love those five-star ratings, two or three-sentence reviews. And please, wherever you see these social media clips, we work so hard on them. Give them a thumbs up. And if you really like what you see, a retweet or a share is just chef's kiss beautiful. Bill Schultz, let's get Abby Barr right down on contestants row. Let's get her seeing if she's got the stuff that you couldn't do for about six episodes. And that's the sacred cow. I have to say, she picked a good one. This covers all the bases. It does. (laughs) That's why I tapped your shoulder on this, pal. Abby, take it away. Sure. Old school, it's in the 2000s canon of quotable Will Ferrell movies. Before I rediscovered this movie on the plane, the only thing I remembered about it was that people in middle school were always singing that expletive-laden total eclipse of the hardcover. It stars the three bros of the 2000s comedy canon, Will Ferrell, Luke Wilson, who I can't tell you what he's been in the past decade, and Vince Vaughn, whose best role has been Larry David's friend on Curb Your Enthusiasm. (laughs) There's unintentionally at least two cast members from Entourage, which is a bro-y TV show that I wasn't expecting to love, but I did because of the strong character development, which is something that's absent in this movie. It seems like currently the mid-budget adult comedy film is dead now, and these movies were a golden age of these grown-ass men going to the theater and seeing stories of their boring lives on screen. And it's hard Abby, to- Abby, 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 you, you don't have yeah. to read a script. You don't have to read a script. Let's make it a little more natural. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's hard to remember how much society has changed uh, since this uh, movie came out. But as we said, there is literally a slur within the first two minutes of the movie. And it's not even a joke. Like Luke Wilson just gets called the F word because he wants to wear a seatbelt in a rickety taxi. And like to show the other way this movie's backwards, he gets mad at his, at his wife for partic- participating in a kink that he's not into and keeps calling it weird. And Honestly, I, it's it's a little I really tried to like this movie, but something that really kind of bugged me was that like wives and marriages were just things to be regretted. And these women characters, they weren't developed and they were only there to be supportive or they were like sad presences in men's lives. Perry Reeves is a kick-ass wife on Entourage, but here she's just bringing Will Ferrell iced tea and considering a blowjob class and nagging him about wedding stuff while he tries to fix an old car. And Breathe, couple- breathe, breathe. Sure, I'm also arguing, so I guess I get heated while I'm arguing, but... uh. Yeah, like I, it just felt so ridiculous that these characters were in couples counseling immediately and then they get divorced, maybe towards the end of the movie. It just sort of 
didn't give us anything to root for because we knew that their relationship was on this downward spiral anyway. Um, and then the other strong, you know, supposedly, you know, bigger female character in this movie is Ellen Pompeo, who is has been the star of Grey's Anatomy for almost two decades. Surprisingly, can't believe that show is still on, but people seem to still like it. And yet. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, I'm surprised it's still on. I yeah, know. right, right. Yeah, exactly. So she's not Meredith Grey, this like amazing surgeon. She's just a mom who's like confused by legal papers and doesn't understand why her boyfriend is cheating on her and like won't believe it. So all of that stuff felt uh, pretty hard to take. And I think a pretty exemplary part of why this movie is not super well written is there was a scene where Jeremy Piven was berating an employee, very similarly to how he would do an entourage. But the scene was so badly written that the scene just ends with him shrugging instead of landing a zinger like he would on entourage. And it just sort of made me miss a, a, a bro-y show or bro-y movie that actually has character development, has good jokes, has, you know, anything to root for, which I didn't really find with this movie. That's a funny um, point about that's a funny point about Entourage. You're right, because I expect them to kind of compound to compound it with a Lord. Right, exactly. And there was just sort of like, I don't know. And that just sort of didn't Entourage, work. For and me. you're right. Entourage, fantastic show until the yeah. last season, which chugged a big gallon of goat jizz. And then the movie was a was an absolute blue whale esque abortion. It was it was uh, it was really unfortunate. Um, I if they do a reboot, uh, which it seems like there Bad is a idea. podcast with three Bad of the idea. cast members. If they do it, I mean, at least there might be something interesting about like what's happening with the entertainment industry. But I I really um, yeah, it just sort of made me think about that. Um, and it made me think about Eastbound and Down as well, which is from a similar time period, albeit a little bit later, um, because it is just as offensive as this movie for the sake of it. But the characters and the crude jokes are meant to say something about society or about the characters themselves. And it just felt um, that that kind of it was more satirical, where this was just sort of like, hey, I'm Vince Vaughn and I run like a beeper store. And you're just like, OK, but um, you haven't given me anything to root for you for. So I'm just sort of sitting watching like all of these men uh, be really self-indulgent and tying dicks to cinder blocks and falling off roofs, exposing their ass cracks. Like, sure. Uh, yes. Will Ferrell, go. Apparently, Please Abby, you haven't grown up with you, you do not grow up with brothers, I can tell. I did not. I had an Yahtzee. Older, had an older sister. Yeah. Uh, Yahtzee. But some of my best friends are guys. I'm married to one. You know, whatever. Uh, it's, but your it's, husband's not. Your husband's not doing wacky shit like he is with his buddies or did with his he's, buddies. He is very. He's very wacky, but he still wouldn't make jokes about mispronouncing an Asian woman's name like over and over again. That was also upsetting. Yeah, I just sort of. I it just really doesn't age well. Uh, and I can't believe that the crux of this movie is like, oh, no, my friends made me move into this house and and now I might lose it. And I don't want to lose out on two months rent like there was not there was no, <laughs> nothing going on. That, that's an excellent point. You're so right about that. That is horseshit. It's not like he bought the house and for whatever reason, right. they're zoning and they're him out. He doesn't want to lose out on rent. And he's yeah. a lawyer like he makes money. It's not like, oh, this is the last house in the neighborhood or like I'm going to move away for my friend like there was just yeah not exactly a hero's journey here no, there's yeah no, there's no buildings roman there's no like yeah anything it's just sort of you know like teenagers judging will ferrell for like spending a saturday at home depot i'm like man i would love to spend a saturday at home depot that doesn't sound lame to me at all like yeah just 
that, that's exactly where Bill meets his transient workers that somehow mysteriously disappear without a moment's right. notice. <laughs> so I mean, not as well connected as Vince Vaughn. Uh, these guys that I know that own these type of places. I mean, he gets Snoop Dogg like that, and right. yeah. Barry, yeah, just seems to have it wired. Right, right. Or and then like Will Ferrell's character on Eastbound and Down was also a like weird business owner who then invites Kenny to go uh, kind of perform at his car dealership. But like that also worked because Will Ferrell was in a very intense character. Like th that's the thing is that Will Ferrell is such a good character actor. And in this, he was just sort of very sheepish unless he was running around naked. And it that also sort of didn't work for me because he was slightly playing it against type uh vince vaughn was extremely type and then luke wilson like again i don't know what he does he's just like like wonder bread with eyebrows like i i don't really know what <laughs> he is you know um wonder bread with eyebrows writing that brother. one down right <laughs> great. right yeah that's that's it you know uh even and i don't think even if owen wilson was in this like i still this still would have been super interchangeable um there's no catharsis in this movie the last 15 minutes are were the only good part of they had to do all these school activities so i sort of feel you know they had to take tests they had to do like weird gymnastics all of that was actually sort of fun and it made me think if they could have gotten this like lack of a plot out of the way a little bit faster to then jump into okay like what are they going to do to save this fraternity um i feel like that sort of would have worked but i guess the other issue there is there was so much people were so so excited about getting to bang underage girls and i just obviously felt bad for the girls who were, you know, one of them wasn't even out of high school. And all the women who watched this happen to men, they were just like, oh, like, that's sad. And like, I feel bad for her. And like, that was that was it. Abby, just, Abby, you never had sex with a guy older than you? I was a few years older. Sure, a few years older, but not like 15. And, and I wouldn't care if somebody around me did. I just, mm -hmm. you know, it's just a, it's just a, a, a weird, slippery slope. And like, uh, it's just... And it's not to say that, you know, I loved, I just named a couple of things that I loved that were similarly bro from a similar time period. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if you're not going to make a concrete point about something, then I'm just sort of watching like dudes goof around, which is, which is fine. If the jokes were there, if there were like characters to be interested in, I can be just on board with a man's journey as I can be on board with a woman's journey. But, you know, if there is no journey, then I'm just sort of watching them literally have cage matches with lots of KY lubricant, which also really dates this movie because I don't know anyone who's used KY in like the past decade. So someone yeah. doesn't have <laughs> someone doesn't have anal sex on the regular. That's for sure. Guess not. You're talking to me? Well, I have seen <laughs> Bill, Bill, Bill just says spit in my hand and that's good enough Abby here, here, here are some Luke Wilson films in cases to refresh your memory Idiocracy which I absolutely des despise I think it's so overrated oh, Idiocracy is amazing oh because it's satirical like oh look what happens fat people, people get fat in the future I had resurgence and I was like and I've discovered this gem I hated this film I, I tried watching I turned it off twice Legally Blonde 1 and 2 oh yeah but he, I don't remember him in Legally Blonde. I remember literally everyone else. But the uh, yeah. the, ro the Royal Tenenbaums he was in as well. Oh right, yeah. Blue Streak, Blue Streak with Martin Lawrence. I tried watching that on Netflix a few weeks ago. Hey, it is goddamn awful. The next one. Oh, he did Bottle Rocket, which got him on the map. Sure. And, and uh, boy, oh, of course, cameo Anchorman, Rushmore. 
Charlie's Angels, really. So that's pretty much Luke Wilson in a shell. Abby, it sounds like you're finished with your recap. Am I correct to assume that? Yeah, yeah. I I realized that a lot of the things I was uh, convinced were Luke Wilson were actually Jason Schwartzman. So I guess he's sort of just a poor man's Jason Schwartzman, which, yeah, I I guess that makes sense. Or Jason Schwartzman's a poor man's version of him. Mm. He gets better parts, though. He gets a lot better parts. All right. Oh, also, oh, Luke Wilson in the Jackass film, the first one. Give me a number one to ten, Abby, of your thoughts on this film. Give this baby a one point five. Whoa, that is low. I mean, I did not expect to hear. Yeah, your convictions. I like it. A lot of times, you'll have these guys come on and they'll trash the movie, and then they're like, "Hey, it's like an eight. <laughs> well, they'll say it's, yeah, yeah that, that's true. Lord Snurts has a predictions. He guessed Abby was going to give it a three. So okay. not too far. Bill Schultz, I know you have opinions and we are waiting with bated breath. Fire away, sir. Like, uh, continue baiting that breath and you can stop. Um, well, a lot of the reasons that you didn't like it, I did. For no other reason than there was no real hero's journey here. And it also had the courage to be unlike the Wedding Crashers and really any movie of this ilk where the man, baby man, the uh, hasn't grown up, still holding on to his um, lunk headed past has to make some sort of adult change. And the problem I always have with the Wedding Crashers is the entire movie should have been the first um, montage, which was one of the better parties and more fun experiences I've had in movie theater. Unfortunately, it was about 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, there doesn't, if Caddyshack taught us 20, 25, 30 years before that, you can have an overall plot, trash it, and just have a series of vignettes and make it work. And in this movie, they do err on the side of growing. Vince Vaughn becomes a happy AYSO coach. Um, you know, Luke Wilson, uh, who was already had it together. Uh, he was sort of the reluctant straight man. And I would say that Luke Wilson is an excellent straight man. So much so that he was supposed to do Will Ferrell's uh, little streamer scene. And he realized that Will Ferrell would have made it 10 times funnier. Will made it up on the fly. And he was right. He was very happy at uh, seeding the laughs to those that could get them better. And being Luke Wilson can do one thing and one thing only. Oz Shucks exasperated. And he is at the height of his powers. <laughs> He's at the height of his powers in this movie. Everyone's at the height of their powers. As uh, Kev rightly mentioned, mm-hmm. the studio didn't even know, which is so strange now, that Vince Vaughn could do comedy. And Vince Vaughn is just at his Vince Vaughn best at this. Pause, pause, pause for one second. I, we should have really that we led to that point more. So he did Swingers, and he was the goddamn shining gem in that film. Oh, without a doubt. And but then hold on, on that, and then and then hold on. Fast forward three years after that, the film made, which bombed with Favreau. He did yeah. as well, but it was still good. It was still Vin, that was still still solid film. So the fact that they said we don't know if he can do comedy. Jesus Christ, he gave you two fantastic premium desserts with those two films. Hey, Hollywood. There's a reason there's all those strikes. Uh, <laughs> but, then, then you got, but then you've got Will Ferrell, who it is his coming out party. He had, certainly had roles before this, but this is what put him on the map. And so much so that uh, he was still doing, like, I don't know, voiceover work or whatever you call it for Elf, which would come out a couple months after the fact and just sort of 
you know, send them to superstardom. But uh, getting back to my earlier point, so you got Luke Wilson, who was already, you know, uh, a relationship guy, not a fan of the threesomes. Grow up, Luke. Uh, you got um, Vince Vaughn rediscovering his fatherhood, but yet still being edgy as a soccer coach at the end. What happens to Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell goes from Frank the Tank in the rearview mirror being respectfully married in one of the opening scenes and then dissipating and getting worse and worse and finally devolving to the point where he is as bad, if not worse, than his former frat self. And that's how the movie ends. And it shows that this is a good thing. Indeed, he finally, his final scene, acting like the wonderful man baby he is. I love the whole, yes, like hitting the cereal box after he hooked, after he realizes he's about to hook up with Luke Wilson's former threesome girlfriend in the form of G Jennifer Juliette Lewis, who's also a Gemini, another person that's firing at all cylinders. Brilliant to make Jeremy Piven after his wonderful take on PCU. I'm sure that hasn't aged well. Uh, make him go from the rebel guy that's been in college for 40 years to the principal. And the, the thing that I think is a mark of a great comedy is all of the little things that were not scripted. And I don't mean improv, but I mean just physical little tiny things. Vince Vaughn on the rings with a cigarette. Also Vince Vaughn smoking as a clown with a cigarette. And there was one scene, and it's a throwaway scene, but Jeremy Pippins on his little golf cart that he goes around college with. Not needed, but he's got one. And he's just got a can of soda, and he's just sort of muttering to himself and then starts giggling before the girl comes up to get bribed. Uh, and it's a throwaway thing, and only the right actor could do something like that. And, uh, no one really likes Jeremy Piven. I mean, by all, by all accounts, he, as, as a real person, he's quite the douche. But they were all at the peak of their powers with stuff like that. Uh, and... Uh, I'm trying to think. There were so many. Uh, Leah Remini, I would argue a little bit where, yes, they usually they do the, the, the boring wives that are just sort of like the, 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 uh, the, the party foul, the, the, the fun police, all of that. But in Leah Remini's case, you see that she and Vince Vaughn, for all his complaining, have a good relationship. So much so that he has his cool little room in the frat house. He put all the posters on himself, by the way, guys. Uh, but he doesn't <laughs> cheat on her because he loves his wife. He just likes to complain and he's sick of Circuit City and what have you. And he wants to visit his, his past. But uh, to, to show all that and then have the hero's journey that is Will Ferrell deciding that you know what I'm supposed to be? I'm not supposed to be married. And guess what? A lot of us aren't. <laughs> um, and <laughs> some, of some of us are just doomed or perhaps blessed to be man babies for the rest of our lives. And that's all right. It's a lifestyle choice. And Will Ferrell realized he was that guy. And no movie of this ilk, I'll say that stupid word again, has ever really done that again. I mean, you could go from Wedding Crashes to any other man baby movie since then. And there has to be some sort of learning. There has to be some sort of growing. There has to be some sort of rain on the fingering. Um, that's not too bad. But uh, this movie doesn't do it. And um, it really does a lot of... The, the, the overall humor, and that Todd Phillips is so good at, is we, we take it for granted now. It was something very new at the time. And uh, something about Mary Shore sort of re-ushered in the R-rated comedy. But I think this one put it... Uh, Put it on fast forward because there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot after something about Mary. Maybe me myself and Irene from the uh, same director. A little American Pie, one and two. Mm. I don't like that. Shame on you. Shame on you. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, this was, you know, this is who guys are. It ain't great. And I, for one, was never a frat guy. I went to Emerson, and frats weren't cool. And I said frat, not fraternity. Um, and, and I apologize, Kev, that I wasn't. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> not for one minute in this movie, at my advanced age, did I not go, God damn, I want to be a part of this. I want to live in that house. I want to behave, even though I, at the time, I suppose, I was in my 30s. Uh, I want to behave as horribly as these guys with very little repercussions. And and I do think that, that it probably appeals to men a little more for that reason, which is why I very much want to see uh, women in the 30s start a sorority again. But um, it uh, for me, it still holds up. It, it, again, just for the fact that Todd Phillips really found his, his voice. And these guys were just at the top of the game. And again, Luke Wilson, when he doesn't get thrown into the boyfriend role, or throw it into uh, one of uh, many role, one of uh, one of a bigger, um, you know, just a, a bunch of million different roles in a um, Wes Anderson movie. He is an amazing straight man, which is very hard to do. And uh, you root for him. You always root for him. He's got that aw shucks thing going for him. And uh, I, I would just finally end with the fact that at the time, and I didn't know this, until I was reading a little bit about the movie. Um, to show you the differences in aesthetics and humor and all that, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow had started dating Luke Wilson after Wes a after the Royal Tannenbaums, and so she just she just felt that Luke, this guy that she was dating and grooming and what have you, uh, was on his way to bigger and better. And she went to set one time, and it was at the time where all oh, they were all pledging, and she's at the scene where Blue, among all the rest is showing his old 80-year-old ass, uh, along with the rest of the guys before they do the the, the, the the rock on the balls thing. And Gwyneth looks at the director, Todd Phillips, and goes, yeah, uh, so uh, what kind of comedy is this again? Um, she was not pleased. I'd like to believe that that was one of the reasons they broke up. Didn't but, she uh, also do Shallow Hal, for Christ's sakes? Who is she to cast stones in this glass she house? She probably saw that thought she could get some, get a little of that action. Oof. But uh, you know, I, I used to think that I was being quite clever in saying that this is an attainable fight club. Guys watch fight club and they want to do that. That means everything to them. But then they get reality sets in. Hey, getting getting hit hurts. It takes a while to get a tooth replaced. Broken bones <laughs> are a bitch. Um, and he's laughing at that because he knows personally. But this is an attainable wish. And I always thought, I would always compare old school to Fight Club thinking I was being quite clever. I've since looked online and I'm not that clever. Uh, many people, in fact, I think it was pitched as sort of a, a frat version of Fight Club. But uh, it, is, it, is, it is an attainable thing that a guy can watch and be like, I can do this. And I don't necessarily know if that's something that's great or perhaps even something that should be saluted, but there it is. Um, and one so to I ten. love it. One to ten. Oh, it's a nine, it's a nine or an eight. No. I love it. Which it is it, eight or nine? I'll give it a nine, why not? Nine! What did Lord oh, Snurse say? I love that movie, yeah. All right. Lord I like everyone's scumbags, but uh, the, they're likable scumbags. Right. Well, I mean, I like the, I like that, you know, I, I didn't think about how Will Ferrell, like that, how that character became like the Seinfeld, no hugging, no learning, but, you know, yeah. had better, so, yeah. But it was his quote-unquote journey for the fact that he had to learn that hey that's who he is you know right. the mistake was the marriage 
You don't often have characters who like start out and then end in a worse position than they started in. So like that, yeah. His mind is great. You know, he's head of the frat. He's living at the home. He's won. (laughs) Lord Snurts thought Bill Schultz is going to give this one a seven. So this was a fun one for me. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com where you can find a pretty, pretty sweet ass hat, mug, shirt, cup, Whatever, it's there. Nice little way to sponsor your favorite little movie review slash movie debate podcast at GTSC Podcast on Twitter. Notes. Luke Wilson is the Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Owen Wilson is the Danny DeVito of the Wilson family. (laughs) Hey, Owen can do quirky. Luke, it's a little more difficult for him. Vince Vaughn owned 1997 to 2005, and he's been virtually MIA since, with the exception of I'm going to call your attention to a film he did recently called Brawl in Cell Block 99, where he plays this badass dude on death row. It is a complete 180 pivot from the Vince Vaughn we all know. It is a solid, dark film. You will enjoy it. Don Johnson plays an asshole prison warden. Check it out. I have uh, never heard of this movie. Where is it? Like, is it like a Bank of America original? Like, where? <laughs> yeah, it's on the Lifetime Network. No, it was it was an indie that just I don't I don't I think it was in the theater for a hot second. Obviously, did not make a splash, but I was told it was I great. It, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's not. It's solid. Vince Vaughn and Stifler have played the same exact character in probably twelve combined films. Not hating on them, they have multiple mansions in California and around the world, and I live in northern New Jersey. Frank, Frank, thank you for patting my back. Frank the Tank (laughs) is easily three of everyone's circle of friends. But the difference is none of them married a clone of Ari Gold's wife from Entourage. They married married a clone of Will Ferrell. (laughs) Thank you. See? Quality jokes for every show, kids. That's why you love this podcast. Here's a, here's a topic that no one got to. Artie Lang's acting is more wooden than the spoon that stirs my wife's spaghetti sauce. Also played Santa in uh, uh, Yes, yes, yeah. he does. Artie has a range of a dust mite. His <laughs> acting is so terrible in everything he's in. Oh, who did he play in this? He was one of the pledges, and the, the guy. He was one of the guys oh. who was like the 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 the, insur- the 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 lawyer sell in the conference. You see him, and you see him at work. Like, hey, we want to we want to get in him and Matt Walsh. He's want to be. They want to be in the next pledge class, basically. Yeah. Right. His character's work. name was Walsh, which was funny. Matt I know. Walsh. I thought that. Yeah, that was funny. I did catch that too. That's cute that, that the pledge name Spanish had a footlong funnel. Our fraternity had a two-story funnel that we hung out of our window. Oh, you guys are so cute when you try so hard. Uh, I may or may not have taken a leak in that two-story funnel when a pledge wanted to take a hit off that funnel. Uh, there was no, oh. pending, no, no, no evidence. Hey, it's called hazing. You in jail. <laughs> We're so, quote, here's a quote we didn't get to. We're slashing prices on DVD players and beepers. Hey, tell me you're old without saying that we're old, Bill. Hey, Olga's uh, dad, the K. Arnold, was the beeper king. I remember, which was which was cute too. Yeah. So. Hey, Arnold, way, was way past. Uh, we're way past our purvey. Fun fact. <laughs> 
was were beepers still a thing in 03, Bill? I remember having a cell my oh. first cell phone was 03. Here's how old beepers are. I still related to the first season of The Real World where the southern chick looks at the black guy, sees the beeper, and goes, are you a drug dealer? And that was like a thing for three episodes after that about how she had to learn that she was being racist by saying that. That's the last time I even recall a beeper. Yeah. You know, uh, people were having the flip phones. Uh, well, the only people who have those are Amish Orthodox Jews and Italian, people who are in the mob who don't want to be traced by the government. This is a smart ass. At the time, flip phones were very <laughs> I want. I wonder if Leah Remini had this script approved by Tom Cruise and the Thetans. Hmm. Yeah, she was knee deep in the Scientology back then. Yes, sir. At minute 35, I write down, these are really paint-by-number jokes. Okay. You're, so you might be going Abby's corner. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I wish we grabbed our pledges and threw them into an A-team-esque van. That's a hell of an idea. They pledged, yeah. they pledged for 14 days. Oh, that's a paycheck cycle. We pledged for 10 and a half weeks. Oh, are you guys, are you guys so cute? On-campus hazing events like tying your dicks to a cinder block is the fastest way to get kicked off of campus. By the way, dicks and cinder blocks, have you heard that great prog rock band? Download a few of their songs of iTunes right now. I like their old stuff. They're pledging for a very short time. The real problem is we don't see any other hazing events. That is what fraternities are known for, good and or bad. You have one event, that's it. Or the KY Wrestling, where he wrestles two topless chicks, that's it. This, this film is supposed to be built on jokes. Hazing is supposed to be something that happens and is an easy way to build comedy for a fraternity yeah. film. Yet. They eschew that very rapidly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they didn't have much of that kind of thing. You're right. Jeremy Piven wearing John Wayne Gacy glasses. They were very distracting. I could not stop staring at them. Yeah, and the hair was so bad. It was yeah. all just sort of like a weird nerd costume. A blow-up doll that isn't motorized. Are they even trying amateurs, Bill? What did you name your blow-up doll for the record? Kevin. <laughs> yeah, it gives you pleasure. <laughs> Andy Dick in this film with the He-Man haircut. Oh. oh, great. I mean, I was waiting for a pull of that carrot and yell by the power of Skull. <laughs> that scene he did with teaching the ladies to give a BJ is hilarious. How many ladies, Abby, be honest, have you ever practiced giving a BJ for with carrots or vegetables to perfect your technique? Uh, none, but I remember in there when we took sex ed, they would always do the condom on the banana which was like uh interesting that is by the way <laughs> talk about one of those scenes and i'm sure there were many of them but that whole andy dick thing really all they did was say andy dick period the on andy. the script yeah. and then that's like whispering to the hulk hulk smash Andy. When he was good, he was very good. Andy, all we need you to do is just, here's a line of Coke and a SAG day rate. Just go out there and you do you, bro. Can I bring this wig? Sure. <laughs> Andy, we would be disappointed if you didn't bring this wig. <laughs> Craig Kilborn. You didn't talk about him, Bill Schultz. Craig Kilborn. Oh, my God. Yes, another guy that was at his, you're right. Yes. Craig Kilborn has disappeared like he was shot down over enemy territory, presumed KIA. What the fuck happened to him? 
He was a dick, he apparently, and he had that late night show that disappeared like a, a fart in a in a jet stream. He was on for a while. Yeah. Ellen Pompeo, the better looking version of Renee Zellweger. Yeah, although she's too skinny. She was, she was alarmingly skinny in that movie. Okay. Yeah, I, she's right. her face. I, I, yeah, I, I love her. Um, it's, uh, it's funny that uh, another kind of earlier, like she did Friends before this too. And then, yeah, in 2000, I guess it was five, Grace and just shot her to start him. It's awesome, yeah. Craig Kilborn calling for goat guy code is all fine and well, but let's go to the let's go to Bill Schultz as the as the other guy in this panel. When it when it's against a girl that you're into, can you override guy code because the guy's a douche? A ruling please. Not only that, if it's not your friend, all bets right. are off. And right. Craig was not his friend. No, not at all. Yeah, that's exactly where I was. Yeah. That's uh that I agree with that ruling. Yeah, no guy code there. Nah. Hey, let's Hey, guy, let's get back in that DeLorean and go back to a time where gratuitous, topless women roam freely through R-rated comedies. Oh, do we yeah. yearn for the day? Yearning for the day. The jokes at minute 45, I wrote down, have slowed down faster than Bill Schultz's Tinder inbox. <laughs> Why? You know, it's, I always feel it's towards the end where you just go for the digs in me. I think, you know. <laughs> the audience loves them. Uh, low-hating low fruit Schultz. Oh. I absolutely <laughs> soundboard that's just like duh, 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 like all, yeah. <laughs> fatality. <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely fucking despise when commies decide that in Act Two and Three they need to abandon the run and focus on plot. This is how films lose or don't earn classic status case in point wedding crashers a couple years after the fact hey i like this third act a lot better when they call when they did the same thing in a movie called back to school you know where rodney had to do all the things to graduate and all the events i disagree with you abby all these events suck moose shit except for will ferrell doing the ribbon dance they were all trite hacky lazy boring they could have done Way funnier things. The cheating thing with the earpieces, boring. This Vince Vaughn smoking a cigarette on the rings. Is that supposed to be the real knee slapper? Swing and a miss. Will Ferrell with those ribbons, though, looked exactly like any other rhythmic dancer, whatever the fuck you call it, as I've seen in any of the Olympics past. He looked as good as anyone I have seen. Uh, the hype crew. And, and here, this goes back to that thing I was saying about stuff that yeah. wasn't in the the high crew, just a little things when Vince Vaughn and they're doing uh, everybody dance now, everybody dance now, and and they're doing that classic move that we all used to see in the early two thousands, late nineties, but it's them, so it just makes it more. Is where he's like, as they're going back and doing their move, I gotta get my finger here. And like, <laughs> the finger, the, the, fi the finger waggle, the finger waggle. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that it's. That it's, cracked me up. It's it, it was so lame and pedestrian that whole dance number. That such the best part was when he jumped through the fire hoop and caught fire. That was good. That's a little bit of a curveball. <laughs> I I write this down too. I have not cracked a smile in the last thirty minutes of this, and we have seen this evil Dean angle way too many times. Teen Wolf, Back to the Future, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Animal House, all those films better than this one yep. this film is carried by will ferrell 
Vince Vaughn is watered down Vince Vaughn. And at times, overbearing and annoying. Did yeah. not. He had a couple couple chuckles like, ah, eh, but swingers, funnier. Even Wedding Crashers, he was better than that. Made. This is his worst comedy. Uh, of And people love this. The comedy in this film is scant. Again, act one. I see your points. Okay, I'm not going to shit on them. They're more quotable than they are like laugh-inducing, I'll say. This film is nowhere near classic status. I did not say that. I said it when it came out. I saw the theater go, what is the hype? It's not bad. Maybe it's because it's the oasis in the proverbial desert where we haven't had a good R-rated comedy in a long while. The last great R-rated comedy I feel was 2006, Borat. Nothing has touched it since. And I'll take Borat against this piece of shit any day of the week. Mm-hmm. That's next. I prefer, I prefer the neon thong to, to this entire movie. I would watch Borat and a neon thong for 90 minutes if it meant that I got 90 minutes of old school back. Right. Yeah. Right. Road Trip, much funnier than this film. Much funnier. I despise. Uh, oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. I hey, despise. Okay. I despise when they try and have to have a journey for a comedy because guess what? This is a fucking comedy. It is supposed to have jokes, 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 and the plot be scant. But when you flip the roles around and it's heavy on plot and light on jokes, I am out of there. No, thank you. Uh, you can tell whomever wrote this film was never in a fraternity because they used the laziest of tropes to make this. So, no, you could have dug a lot deeper. You could have had sorority mixers. You could have had funky hijinks where they play pranks on brothers. You could have done so much more. This is supposed to be a dude movie about fraternities. Animal House is will always be the crown jewel. By borrowing steel from that, use different instances, but they focus on the fraternity and the jokes and the nonsense that went on there, not the actual plot, which this does. We do not need a romantic angle. No one gave a shit. You came here to see hijinks. Hijinks got shut down around minute 35. Then it became fucking Citizen Kane. This film (laughs) is mediocre at best. It's barely, barely fine i wrote down five and a half out of ten but abby made such a great point i forgot what it was but you heard me harken back to it i'm dropping my score to a five which ironically is what lord snurts has given my score five out of ten this is so overrated and so under delivers such These a are all just elaborate plots to gain up on me i realized i should have learned i wanted this is a film for guy, you know, guys like us bill but the jokes that's all I would when I see the word comedy, I expect to see jokes. Our next film we're doing tonight is Singing in the Rain. And you know what they did? A lot of musical oh. numbers because it's a musical. You expect that. Comedy, jokes. Jokes, die out, plot, supersedes jokes. That's when you lose Kevin Goatee. But to both of your points, you saw it after all the hype. That's a problem. That always did that. Always oh, I, I saw I saw it in the theater maybe a week after it came out. So not that much. You said that you were like, what is the big deal? So you were aware there was a big deal. And in Abby's case, she saw it on a plane. I mean, a lot of it has to do with atmosphere and the mind frame you're in. And also, more importantly, if you're with an audience when you see a movie. Like, I I don't necessarily know if it's amazing, but Step Brothers, I saw in a packed uh, packed movie house. First weekend it came out. 
I was just hung over and looking for something to do. I had to be carried out. I was with my buddy, and he was embarrassed. He switched rows. I, it wasn't even fun for me. I was having seizures. Now, is it that funny? No. But it got me in that. It got me in that sweet spot, and uh, that is, I think, has a lot to do with the way I saw uh, uh, old school too, and that sticks with you. This is going to be fun watching these critics lock and load with their sniper rifles on this one. Critics five, actually, this is not as fun. Critics five star reviews. Wolf Ferrell is a fearless comedian. Really, is he going behind enemy lines with a with a Colt forty five and a hunting knife? Is he that fearless? Stop it. I would rather do that than be full on naked, which he was on set. Uh, That's not that balls ballsy ballsy move ballsy move. I give him that. And he commits completely to the ins- his insanity in the film, and it makes it work. Yeah, he always does that. Yeah, I, I think you could say that about any Will Ferrell movie, but yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> I mean, if, if taking your balls or your dick out is hilarious, which it can be, uh, i.e. jackass one through four, it works. But, I mean, him well, running I, that... I don't like the balls, though. Uh, well, especially when they it paint just, it. Well, yeah, any dick painting I never thought was funny. I just, I always hated that. Everyone here, everyone welcome Bill Blue Blood Schultz to the podcast. (laughs) Next one. It may not be much, but these days, two or three big laughs is nothing to sneeze at. See, that's a a shitty, lazy review. Two or three laughs for a 90-minute film, that is like batting 008 in the majors. Will Ferrell and company balance on the beer-swilling testosterone tightrope twined by comedic classics as Animal House and Caddyshack. I want to agree with that reviewer. However, his literary prose angers me. <laughs> it's a hilariously funny and oh, hold on, let me back up. It is nowhere near Caddyshack and nowhere near Animal House. Let's cut the shit. Next I one. Think- it's comparable to Caddyshack in one way where it's an ensemble cast and everyone is at their best. That I will agree with. That is that is as far as I will agree with you on. It is hilariously funny and unexpectedly warm at three men who just want to be boys again. Sure. It's all men. <laughs> no, no argument here. Critics, one-star reviews. When an Oster bread maker gets some of the film's biggest laughs, you know the thing's in trouble. That is poignant and... I agree. The recess bell should have rung immediately into the first period of this frothy yet flat, insufferable scholastic st- sorry scholastic satire. Now, the person who wrote this review is that asshole who drives fifty five on, on the turnpike in the left hand lane and won't move over. And when you pass him, you see him mouthing to you, "I'm doing the speed limit." <laughs> Will Ferrell makes about 10 minutes of this movie side-splittingly hilarious. That's like finding a few pieces of crunchy cereal in a bowl of sour milk. Hmm. I don't get any of this. We're reviewing reviewing old school, not Night at the Roxbury, guys. I think there was some confusion because I saw a different movie. Subplots fizzle out and plausibility dwindles. A 30-something college dean? That is a great point, too. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Quite, quite, quite miscast. Does Pippin look thirty something? I guess he is because he's their age. He went to school with them, but yeah. But, but how many college? Like, G- how many college? Spot just yeah. creeps all around his head. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But had to be rejuvenated. How many yeah. college deans do you know that aren't under the age of seventy four? Right. Good point. I don't. Yeah. yeah. 
So back, I just want to restart that one. Subplots fizzle out and plausibility dwindles, a 30-something college dean, but at least there are no no dig rigueur, fart, burp, or scatological jokes. Signed, Jim Carrey. Amazon, five-star reviews. Watch this at least five times. Always fun and appropriate to watch with a family. Signed, Larry Flint. Whose family? You would yeah. have to do like, earmuffs for most yeah. of it. This person is straight, this person is straight garbage. Is doing that. I guarantee they spend Saturdays at the flea market. Other than Anchorman, I'd be hard pressed to find a newer movie that was an all old school laughs. No pun intended there. If you grew up with American Pie, then Road Trip, then by the time you were out of college and had some friends who had started families and others hadn't yet, you would be the old school demographic. A time when it was still okay to expect a cab driver to call you a certain word for worrying about the back seatbelt. Life was just funnier before fake outrage and social justice. Signed, Mark Ruffalo. Wow, that is very off type for him. Yeah. Wow. He's a man of the he went to Amazon of really voices opinion. Good job, Mark. Is that against the writer's... Is that against a writer strike writing Amazon reviews? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's WK. He's probably fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> since I'm not only a fraternity man, but I also started a chapter at my school, I can totally relate to the humor in this film. We never did anything as extreme as what is presented in the film, but that's what Hollywood does. Sounds to me like this guy has pledged the music fraternity. And yes, there is one. Oh, that sounds like a cool one. Of course. What do you have to do? Play your saxophone behind your back? I would love to be Richie Cunningham. <laughs> See, Abby, Richie Cunningham was on a show called Happy Days that aired Thank long before, <laughs> before Bill and I were born even. So, of course, of course, this was a date night hubby's idea purchase. However, we both laughed so much. The oldies are the best. Hey, I'll never be, so, be friends with someone who refers to their spouse as hubby or wifey because they're no. assholes. Enjoy your blowjob class, wifey. <laughs> Here you go, wifey. Got you a Groupon for, you know, <laughs> when it's my birthday. <laughs> Amazon. Uh, Amazon one-star reviews. Buy Dogecoin. Mm. Hmm. Who, who, who wrote that? Jared Bankman Freed? What the hell? Next one. This movie is too old to be charged for viewing. Ah, there's the Kevin Israel special. I guess if people make a project that's five years older, they shouldn't be paid for their work, according to this reviewer, right? Right. Next one. Yeah. Next one. Now, I do tend to favor a different type of comedy, namely the Christopher Guest movies, A Mighty Wind, Best in Show, and Waiting for Guffman. But there have been a decent amount of what would call Low bro, low brow comedies, excuse me, that I have enjoyed. I like the Austin Power movies, and there's something about Mary. I even liked Half Bake with all its stupidity, but old school was just a dud. Which one are you uh, oh. halfing, halfing it, Bill? Austin Powers or Half Bake? I don't like Austin Powers. Really good. I fucking love Austin Powers. It's excellent. Yeah. It's so fucking uh, funny. I, I, you okay. know what? It's a victim of its own success. All the quotes just got yeah. so fucked out. And you watch it again. I mean, I watched it maybe a few years ago. Like, oh, the first one. I like the first one. The second two sucked. But the oh, first yeah. one, you're oh, like, eh. The best one, Tom uh, Tom Arnold in the bathroom. 
That was the best part. Oh, the jokes and gags said the jokes and gags all had a familiar feel to them. Like I had already seen this many times over and they had lost their appeal a long time ago. Even the turn of events of this movie with the cliched mean Dean of the college and the against all odds ending didn't come off funny, but as tired and overused. There isn't much more to say about old school. I mean, it's not like it warrants an in-depth analysis of its plot to me. To me, it's a movie that just failed to do what it's supposed to do. Namely, make me laugh. Yep. Last oh, one. Nice Wasn't it? Did you write that yeah. one? Because <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> it's in the same way. That's what I spent my free time doing. <laughs> the humor was lame. The plot was immature. The heroes were not very likable. This movie is a quintessential potty humor that is characteristic of immature middle schoolers. Even with alcohol and a friend that recommended this movie, I did not enjoy this movie one bit. Signed, Anna Kendrick. That's that. Bill Schultz. Did Abby Barr gut that sacred cow? I thought she did a great job. My only issue is that for all the stuff that she didn't like about it is the reasons why I did like it. So I guess she gutted it if I still, she hasn't convinced me that the movie sucks, but she did a great job. So Did she, did she, convince, you it's, did she convince you it's overrated, which is the other part of the criteria? Okay. I'll grudgingly give you the gut. Ah, <laughs> I will co-sign. I dropped my score half a point. Didn't take much because I found this film overrated at best. Abby Barr, it's been a joy to have you here. Thanks again for popping on. Bill Schultz, I love you to pieces despite my mean-spirited barbs. Kevin Goatee, Bill Schultz, Abby Barr, thank you so much. We'll see you later. Avita Zen.